Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 59 of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. We are just one episode away from the big 60. I can't believe it. It's so amazing to think that I started this podcast almost a year ago. We're almost hitting our anniversary date. And there's so many of you, there are 30 to 40,000 of you downloading our podcast every month. I'm so grateful for it. You guys are amazing. And I am so, so happy you are here diving into your health and your hormones and taking on all our advice and tips and strategies to live your best life. And more exciting news, I'm officially in my new house, which is so amazing. We moved on Saturday and it's been epic. Being able to literally walk outside in my backyard is life-changing. I mean like literally life-changing. Normally I would just be at home in the condo working behind the computer and there'd be many days where I just wouldn't go outside or I would go outside because I would, you know, hop in my car to go over get some groceries and run some errands, but to truly go outside and put my feet on the grass and enjoy mother nature is so transformational and I'm so, so excited. So I'm so happy we are here. It's so amazing and lots to do, lots that I have got to organize and get my office in order. We don't even have Wi-Fi yet, you know, all this stuff we got to get set up and it's all good and I'm so excited for it. And this coming Saturday, May 4th is my birthday. So definitely taking some time off for that. And the next week on the 7th, it's Gaytan's birthday and he's going to be 40. So we have so much to celebrate and we are definitely going to do that with our friends and our family. And I feel bad because it's like Gaytan's 40th and I've been so busy with the book and the house and all of this stuff. I still don't have a gift for him. And my gift, well, basically he bought me a house, so I can't really ask for anything more for my birthday. And I've been joking with him that basically we got the house and I basically took all of his money. So you know, what's the point of getting married anymore since I already have everything? So we've been kind of joking about that. And I'm so grateful that we were able to get this house and it's so beautiful and we are going to truly turn it into our home. And I will share all of the details about what that looks like and all the things that we're doing. And something that I'm really excited to plan is one day wellness retreats at my home. So if you are here in the local area, then come join me. I will definitely share more details about that later in the year once I once I get all my shit together and organized in our new house. But I really want to host some in-person retreats and have you guys come over and spend a day together. We're going to eat delicious, amazing, healthy food and talk about clean beauty care and hormones and all kinds of things. And I really just want to connect with you in person and we can do that in my home. And I'm so looking forward to that. 
And another exciting thing tomorrow, May 1st, our registration opens for our spring detox program. And we have been working hard here behind the scenes, really putting together the most epic spring detox for you. So this year, our theme there's two themes. We are focusing on stress, which is so key, and adrenal health and how you can really nourish and heal and support your adrenals. And then we're also focusing on sugar. So the meal plan that you get when you join the program is a sugar-free meal plan, and it's delicious. I promise you, if you cook up my recipes, you know I don't disappoint. And it's really just a way to help reset your body obviously support hormonal health, nourish those adrenals, lots of anti-inflammatory meals and foods, and really simple. This isn't about spending hours in the kitchen. We are going to really help support you during the 14 days. So I'm so excited for it. So it is a 14-day spring detox program, and you can sign up between May 1st and May 10th, and we will dive into the Spring Detox as a group beginning on May 13th for 14 days. Now, if you can't start on the 13th, it's all good. If you want to start sooner, go for it. If you need to start a few weeks later, it's all good. Don't worry about it. You have access to everything. You'll have access to our masterclass recording and all of it, so you can really go at your own pace, but we will do basically a community detox between May 13th and May 26th and supporting you guys throughout those 14 days and sharing with you all kinds of tips and strategies and amazing recipes. So you get your meal plan when you join. And we're also going to give you access to last year's masterclass, which we dove into thyroid health and estrogen dominance. So you're going to get that for free. And then we're also going to dive into this year's masterclass on Wednesday, May 15th. It will be recorded, of course. And we're going to dive into stress and adrenal health. And I'm really going to share my best strategies for supporting your adrenal as well as for detoxing your liver, because that is essential when it comes to detoxification, since our liver is our main detoxifying organ. And so lots of goodness. We are also going to give you guys our guide to optimal gut health. So it's a wonderful guide, really showing you how to clean out your kitchen and choose the best probiotic and introduce gut healing and friendly foods and lots of goodness in that guide. So lots of support. And I'm going to be here and my team, and we're going to really support you through the 14 days and really help just give you that sort of that spring cleaning, right? That internal spring cleaning feeling, which feels so good. And it's something that I personally need right now, having written the book, going through book edits in the middle of selling the condo, buying our house, all of this stuff. I basically, I'm I'm hitting my wall and it's time for me to integrate more self-care and to really focus on my food and nutrition, get back into my kitchen, my new kitchen and get cooking. And I'm excited to go through the detox with all of you. So you can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash spring detox and you can register there. And I'm so excited for you guys. It's gonna be amazing. And speaking of stress and adrenal health, today I have my girlfriend Kira on the show and we talk all about self-care. She works with a lot of executives and women who have these big, powerful you know, management roles or in a senior officer role. And she's seeing what I see across the board, a lot of burnout and a lot of women sacrificing things along the way in order to really get to the top. So Kira Foy, she is a nutritionist and a transformation coach. She helps driven, high-achieving women understand their health, 
By helping them prioritize their internal life and create room for self-care, she gets them on track to become their happiest, healthiest, most efficacious selves. When she's not working out of her private practice in downtown Toronto or spending time with her two girls, Kira provides consultations to women all over the world, from the United States to Scotland, Morocco, and beyond. She has been featured in Elle, Flair, ET Canada, Canadian Living, and Body Rock TV. And you can say hello to her over on her website at kirafoy.com. We talk about so much goodness in today's episode. She gives us a behind the scenes look at her new upcoming book, Empowered by Food. We chat all things self-care and meditation and exercise and nutrition. And I think you guys are really going to love this and also be able to relate to her in many, many ways especially if you are an entrepreneur and a very busy woman, which is many of us, right? So let's dive into today's episode. Thanks everybody for being here with us. Enjoy. Hi, Kira. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited you are here and I would love it for you to share with our audience about who you are and what you do. Thanks so much for having me, Samantha. I'm so excited to jam with you today. Okay. So I am a nutritionist and transformation coach, and I have been in this holistic world for around 14 years now. And I mostly work with very high-achieving, driven, entrepreneurial, and corporate women who want to make it to the top. And my mission is to help them do so by reminding them to take really good care of themselves. So basically, self-care equals success. I love that. And so I know that you weren't always a nutritionist. You started out on Bay Street, which is crazy. So I can only imagine what that lifestyle was like. And then I know you became a mom and I would love it if you could share your story about, I guess, kind of your your former life. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I guess that's what makes us, you know, good coaches is really our life experience, right? Right. So Yeah, I started out on Bay Street. I was a transactional securities law clerk at a law firm called Davies, which was also nicknamed Davies Slavies. (laughs) You can can understand how that might have been a tough run. And I actually really loved it. I loved working at Davies. They're one of the top business law firms in Canada. And I just loved the buzz. And my plan was actually to become a lawyer. And then long story short, I met a man who became my husband. And next thing you knew, I was pregnant. And that really is what started my holistic journey. But it's also what eventually inspired me to work with the women who I know and love and felt very comfortable with, these women who are really driven to succeed in life and help support them. So what happened was when I was kind of your average, you know, 20 year old working out, eating all the low fat, zero calorie foods, if you can call them that. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Right. And so I didn't really, when it came to what I ate, it was really all about how I looked. And I really didn't think about health much. I think it's probably pretty normal when you're in your early 20s. So when I got pregnant with my first daughter, who's now almost 16, I just kind of crazy. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> gave it all up and just ate whatever I wanted. 
So, you know, that meant I was eating gluten again. I had had all sorts of digestive issues in my 20s and figured out that I was intolerant to gluten. And But when you're pregnant, you know, you're less intolerant to foods because your body's immune system changes to make sure that you're not like rejecting the baby, right? So in any case, I ate all the things, the burgers, the shakes, the fries, I gained well over 60 pounds. And that really changed my life. And the reason for that is because it was the first time that I could see the connection between what you eat and how you feel and your mental health. Right. And that was, you know, I had my daughter, she was very healthy, thank goodness. I didn't have any complications in my pregnancy, even though I had gained so much weight. So I was very lucky. Youth was on my side. But afterwards, I ended up having postpartum depression. And that was really tough. And back in 2004, it wasn't really talked about. So, you know, it wasn't on anybody's radar. And, you know, lucky for me, I'm a bit of a research junkie. So I kind of figured out what was happening and really threw myself into self-care and nutrition and fitness and the things that I knew that made me happy. Right. But it was such a fantastic experience because that was really what led me to end up going to school for nutrition. So by the time my daughter was almost a year old, I was registered at IHN and that's how the story started. That's so great. I love that. And I do often find that that's a similar story for so many women, right? They get pregnant and then like the weight comes on and then they start not just feeling good in their bodies. And so they have to make that change. And that's where nutrition becomes so powerful in that regard. So yeah, it's such an amazing thing to kind of understand where your clients are coming from. And for sure, you know, there's been huge shifts in my business, as I'm sure there has been in yours, because you've been in business for longer than 14 years as a nutritionist, right? Yeah. Well, I've been yeah. coaching for 15 years. I was coaching even before I had my certification because it was just, you know, such a huge passion of mine. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting as an entrepreneur, the stresses there, I used to have two weight loss clinics because again, my first thing and my first experience was that weight loss and mood and mental health and things like that. And then as I kind of really went through this entrepreneurial experience, had two weight loss clinics, had 12 staff, had a ton of pressure, and I was a single mom. I really, you know, went through so many issues with my hormones and stress and my HPA access that that became like a whole new passion for me. For sure. And when I sold those clinics, you know, I really went back to my roots and I know that as a type A person, it's really hard for me to keep all of this under wraps and to know how to take really good care of myself in order to prevent, you know, I had what my naturopath at the time called stage three adrenal fatigue, which we know is a pretty severe HPA access imbalance. And, you know, that was a fantastic experience because it brought me deeper into coaching and specifically working on that niche of these women who want to make it to the top and how can I best support them? 
Absolutely. And I feel like you, we can only take our clients as far as we've gone ourselves. So 100%. yeah. So I feel like you've gone through a lot and it just, it makes sense that, you know, these are the women that you're working with. So I would love to dive into some strategies because I know women right now are listening. They're thinking like, oh my God, yes, the stress. I'm in this executive role. I really got to, you know, make a change to my health, my body, all of it. But before we dive into that, I was reading some crazy stats in your book and I read that only 20% of executive senior officer or management roles in North America are held by women and less than 5% of Fortune 500 CEOs are women. I thought that was wild. I know. It's totally crazy, especially when we have people like Kevin O'Leary, who you know is one of the... or. I'm not sure if he is still on the Dragon's Den, but he was one of the dragons on Dragon's Den. And he says, has publicly you know, been quoted that the companies he has invested in that are run by women are the most profitable bar none. I love that. I know. I wrote that down here in my notes because I was like, we have to talk about that. Yeah. And so you know, that's the thing is like as women, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I could dive into here because... What I see in my practice, I work with a lot of women who do still work on Bay Street, a few managing directors, and it's really interesting because the women who make it to that level, you know, who are kind of running at managing director level at the bank, you know, running an industry in North America, they might have 100 people working underneath them. They got there because they took on a lot of masculine qualities to get there. Right. And then when they get to the top, I can't tell you how many of them come to me and they say, you know, I'm kind of getting a bit of heat for not being, you know, emotional or sensitive or all of these things, all these feminine qualities. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think that the old adage that, you know, a woman boss kind of so many people look at women who are assertive as being bitchy, but it's not the same thing on, you know, the other side of the fence, right? Like, right. That would never be said to a man, right? That you need to be more in touch with your employees or more emotional. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no, right? But the truth is, is that I think we actually need more of this, you know, like being in touch with our emotions and being able to do so in a really like, you know, stable way, but being able to speak up and as women, like our nurturing quality can go a long way Absolutely. in business and leadership and helping people to overcome a lot of a lot of the pressures that are going on. I mean, we have a massive mental health issue in North America, I mean, probably all over the world. And these kind of, you know, understanding people and you know, being the nurturers that we are can go so far to helping to overcome that. So we need to get more women in those roles. Yes. In order to, you know, like just really help the world is how I look at it. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like women especially are so great at building that sense of community and people want to go to a job and go to work where they have that community where they work with people they can trust and who kind of have their back. And I feel like that's something that's hugely lacking and women are so great at building that. So I think that's important. Yeah, 100%. Because people are looking for, like you said, like community. That's a 
it's a huge part of that mental health piece, right? Yes. We're far too isolated. We don't have the community, the support. And so having that at the workplace is so important. If you want to retain and really motivate your staff, I mean, that's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. My sister-in-law is like pretty high up in Rogers and, you know, she's always telling me stories of how like her staff comes to her and they rely on her and they share like really personal stories and, and they love her and she has such a great team and they're always succeeding at every project they're launching because she's done such a great job of building community. Exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. And that's so exciting. I gosh, that just puts such a big smile on my face. I love doing that. Yeah. And you know, she just went back to school. Now she's doing like her mini MBA and, and I love it because she's just really wanting to advance and get more tools kind of under her belt so that she can support the people she works with. Like she's such a people person and, and it's just so wonderful, like knowing that she's in this powerful role and she's implementing a lot of her like feminine qualities and nurturing qualities. It's great to see it. Wow. That is super powerful. And we need like more women like that in the world. And to also like start talking about that too. For sure. Yeah. Because that's how you, if you want to, you know, build a team that wants to work hard, that really enjoys it, that's not getting burnt out because they're so stressed. It's because they have this amazing positive energy that's driving them. Totally. 1000%. So I would love to switch gears and talk about strategies because I know that there are so many women listening and they're like, yes, I need the help. I'm stressed. I'm a mom. I'm an executive. I'm an entrepreneur, whatever it might be. And so many of them want to get started and want to really reclaim their health, but I feel like they just feel really stuck. So where can women really start when it comes to reclaiming their health and their hormones? It's so funny. I think every time I get asked this question, I think it's going to be a really complicated answer. Yeah, which but, is all good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's funny. I would say like this one is, is so simple and people are going to be like, really? No, seriously. <laughs> Sleep. Like I swear that sleep is the cornerstone for everything because if Mm -hmm. you are not sleeping properly, your body is not able to recuperate. Like it throws off your hormones, obviously. And it's also going to make you hungrier the next day. And, And then so you can't even stick to your nutrition plan right? Like if you're exhausted, you know, that sleep part is kind of, you know, if that goes, everything else is going to follow like dominoes. 1000%. I can fully relate to that. Yeah. Like I feel like you can deal with almost anything if you're getting enough sleep. And I often talk to my clients about having like your non-negotiables, like what are your top three non-negotiables? And if the shit hits the fan in your world, try to make sure that you're never dropping more than one of them. Yes. And those non-negotiables are obviously going to be different for everybody. I'd love to hear what your non-negotiables are. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. I do so many things now, including, you know, meditating and journaling, but my three non-negotiables is sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Love it. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty basic, but they are the things and how I start my day and the foundation to everything else, being a good mom, having enough energy, you know, having the bandwidth and the emotional, you know, steadiness to be a great coach for my clients. For sure. And I feel like especially women entrepreneurs or women in executive roles, that's 
they are neglecting sleep because they're working late. And then on top of it, it's this combination of like reaching for the sugar in the coffee in the afternoon and then not taking a lunch break and skipping exercise. And like it all now just becomes this compounding effect. Absolutely. And I always tell them like, cause you know, these are the big problems that I see in my coaching practice. And, you know, I always tell them like prioritize getting to bed earlier even if you still have work done, because you will be so much more efficient and on the ball if you go to bed earlier and get up earlier, instead of, you know, pushing yourself, you're exhausted, your wheels are spinning, you can't concentrate enough because it's, you know, one or 2am. And you're not going to be happy with your work anyway. So, you know, if you go to bed early and get up early, you're working with your body's natural circadian rhythm, and you're going to be that much more productive. So sometimes, yeah, sleep, you know, you might have to get a little bit less sleep, but at least prioritize that. Go to bed early, get up earlier, and, you know, really make sure that you're not missing sleep because, for example, you're procrastinating and, you know, you're, it's self-induced stress. Like those are the kind of things we want to kill. Totally. And I'm sure you can relate because you obviously just wrote a book and I was writing a book and it was one of those things where I could have stayed up late and I could have kept writing and I could have just, you know, hustled and gotten it done and pulled the all-nighters. But I had to constantly remind myself like, no, I'm not going to be productive right now. And then this is going to affect me the next day. And so I had to just like have a cutoff with my time and writing and just shut the computer down and go to bed. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you always have to like get real with yourself. <laughs> this is what <laughs> yes. I do all the time. Like, because sometimes we like to tell ourselves that, oh, you know, we're going to do this during the day. And then tonight we're going to block all this time and we're going to get into writing and do this and that. I have to say, you really have to be honest with yourself. Some people might be more productive or more creative later in the evening. I think probably the majority are not though. Right. And I'm like, at the end of the day, when I'm telling myself those things, I'm like, stop BSing yourself. It's not happening. <laughs> it's so true. You know, yep. it's like skipping a workout and saying you're going to do it later. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my God. It's so true. Okay. So speaking of workouts and exercise, I would love your recommendations for women who feel completely exhausted and they're like, I know I should work out, but I'm so tired right now. Like, where do I start? What do I do? Yeah, that's such a hard one. And that's, you know, it's so important. So because sometimes what happens, I'm sure you've seen this in your practice, people burn the candle at both ends, they get to that point, you know, they're beyond the point of they're wired all the time, and they're putting on extra body fat, particularly in their, you know, midsection due to excess cortisol. And then they just want a quick fix, which so often now is like keto and intermittent fasting. Yeah. And then on top of that, they want to just work it all off and push really hard, even though they literally can't drag themselves out of bed. Mm -hmm. So I see that all the time. And so number one, it's so important to pay attention to how you feel. So, you know, even if you have enough energy to do the workout, but then afterwards you're exhausted, it's the wrong workout for you. Right. Because you should feel all those positive endorphins after you work out. You shouldn't feel like you need a nap. Like, obviously, you're exhausted from the workout, but you should feel great, right? Yes, yes. It should be like invigorating. Exactly. It's different. Yeah. So, when it comes to 
if you're really exhausted, it really depends. Sometimes with clients, it's really long walks. It's getting outside. It's pulling yourself out of that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, being outside, walking is what's going to help you to get into your parasympathetic nervous system. And so sometimes it might start with that, but you need to be doing it long enough. Like you need to spend hours a week doing that, but it's restorative, you know? So you're not like crazy pushing yourself, but you're still getting out there and moving your body. Hiking is great too. And then the other things that I usually recommend when people are kind of in that exhausted recovery mode is, you know, Pilates or yoga, those types of things, just not hot yoga. I find if you're really exhausted and you do hot yoga, Mm -hmm. you'll really throw yourself under the bus. For sure. Cause then you can like sweat out more electrolytes and then your body exactly. needs like more replenishment. So yeah, exactly. It's so important and you need those salts. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. You touched on a few things I definitely want to expand on with cortisol and intermittent fasting and all that good stuff. So, yeah. so let's talk about stress and cortisol in your book. You mentioned that women have a higher resting level of stress hormones. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. I actually wasn't aware of that in the research. And when I was writing my book, I met with a good high school friend. Her name is Kim Hellmans, and she happens to be a neuroscientist. And she is the only woman chair in the science department at Carleton University. How cool is that? Amazing. That's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. So yeah, it's one of those things. So as women, we, you know, not only are we you know, nurturers, but we also have a very protective quality about us, right? From a perspective of like child rearing, right? So if we think about what it would have been like kind of, you know, back in the caveman days, women would be obviously very protective over their children. And so there are actually stress receptors like in our brain that when babies cry, you know, it's pretty much impossible for us to ignore them. And men don't even have those stress receptors. Like they can ignore a crying baby, even if it's theirs. It's crazy. Because there's, the brain is simply built differently. Isn't that crazy? That is so wild, but it also explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I can tell you that that is true. <laughs> <That's very laughs> Well, yeah, pretty much. I've been married and engaged and I have two children from those relationships. And I can tell you that both fathers could absolutely sleep through the kids. Not that they did. They were both really great dads, but it wasn't the same. And I, I have clients who have children who are, you know, 10 years old, who if they roll over, they still wake up at night. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So we definitely are more sensitive to stress as women. And so that's one of the reasons why like, we can't just pretend we're men and hustle and work hard in order to make it to the top. We really have to consider how more sensitive we are with respect to hormones and stress and cortisol and all those things. On top of the fact that women actually have more than one job most of the time from a perspective of even if both partners in a relationship 
are both working full time, the women tend to be the ones who are taking care of the household and the pets and the kids and all the appointments and all of those things. Right. So, you know, we have so much more stress and it sounds like a stereotype, but the truth is it just is what it is. We have so much more stress than men a lot of the time that we, you know, we can't ignore that and we need to take more time for ourselves. But because, you know, societal norms and how we're brought up as women, we are taught to put our needs last. Absolutely. I see it all the time in my practice as I know you do. So yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we throw each other under the bus. Like I, in my weight loss practice, I used to sit in a small room with women for a couple of hours and the tears And there was once somebody looked at me and said, you know, I just assumed that mothers like you were bad mothers. Oh, yeah. I was like, like, and it happened more than once. And the first time I was like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) What are you talking about? Right. And what she meant was, well, if you take care of yourself, if you go to the gym and eat healthy and, you know, do your hair nicely clearly you must be a bad mother because you're spending time on yourself when you should be sacrificing yourself for your children. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, whether you're a stay at home mom or whether you're a working mom, you know, trying to get to that next promotion or trying to get that coveted CEO position, I still see that. Yeah, absolutely. My fiance and I were the only ones pretty much out of our friends, all of our like close friends who don't have kids. Mm -hmm. So when we get together with everybody, you know, there's lots of kid talk and baby talk and all that kind of stuff. And we're just kind of sitting there like twiddling our thumbs because I feel like I can't really engage in the conversation because I don't have kids. And I'm always reminding myself of like, never, never judge because I have no idea what it's like. And I just want to be there for my friends and honor their journey and, and never, you know, never judge their situation because my lifestyle and their lifestyle is totally different. And I'm just always reminding myself of that or like, you know, or if Gaytan says a comment or something like that, I'm always just like, remember, like we have no idea what it's like. So it's, it's not fair for us to say anything, you know? Yeah. And judge from the sidelines. Oh, for sure. It's totally true. When it comes to self-care and stuff like that though, you know, your self-care, I don't think that it's necessarily, maybe it's, it's more important for the moms for to be more on top of their self-care than it is for you. Right. And, you know, just because there's that many balls in the air all the time and you don't have as much control over your life. So if that's the case, a lot of people think, well, you know, when my life is better when the kids are older, then I'll get back to doing those things. But that's the opposite way that we need to think about this. It's the exact same thing if you're at work and you're in the middle of a deal and you're working 12 hours a day. When you give up on sleep and exercise and good nutrition and the foundations, then you throw yourself under the bus and you lose yourself, right? Totally. Because you can't keep going like that. Mm -hmm. And you know the biggest thing that gets like if you're a mom... Is I always say to people, like, would you want your children totally to treat themselves the way that you are currently treating yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you one thing that is true across the board is that 
you know, it doesn't matter how you parent, you are role modeling every second of every day to your children. Totally. Totally. Yep. And they're going to mirror your behavior. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's so important. And the same, the same is true for your team at the office or your team in your business, right? Yep. How you treat yourself gives other people permission to treat themselves well. As, and that is very, very important. If you want to get the most out of your staff, out of your own life, out of anybody, it's all about setting an example. Absolutely. Like I can just speak from experience, like with my mother, it, she was just like, go, 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 go. Please everybody around, around you. And especially at work, like she wasn't really sort of sticking up for herself and it was always saying yes to things. And she would just work so hard and then she'd get sick and catch a cold or a flu. And then that's when she would slow down. And then yeah. my first few years in business, that's what I was doing. And I had to, I fully had to take a step back and realize, oh my God, like I learned this behavior. I learned to push myself and then I can only take time off when I'm sick. That's not okay. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what people have to realize. And, you know, if you are at that high level, if people are depending on you, you know, you don't have time for that. And the good news is, is that you can prevent that crash because it always happens. You know, when I was in the corporate world, it would be like, And I came from a place where you were always trying to bill hours, right? Like it was like a competition, how many hours you have to bill. So I would be working nonstop and then you just can't wait till you get to that vacation. Mm -hmm. And then your first day of vacation, you get sick, Yep. (laughs) right? That's how your immune system works. When you are like running the race and you need your body to work for you, it like has your back. But then as soon as you relax... It's like, okay, I'm done with you. Totally. Totally. So what are some important self-care strategies that you feel women need to integrate more of? Yeah, I think we've touched on a few of the, you know, obviously your nutrition, sleep, and yes, balancing your blood sugar is so important when it comes to nutrition. I'm not one proponent of any particular way of eating, but I do know the importance of balancing your blood sugar because, especially if you're stressed, because that's one of cortisol's main jobs, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're really stressed, you don't want to be putting extra pressure on your body by also having it to manage your blood sugar, you know, multiple times all day long. So managing blood sugar is really, really important. So that's the main principle that I teach. But I can tell you that, you know, besides working a lot and kids and all that kind of stuff, one of the main areas, and I almost want to say that it's probably the, like the biggest cause of stress for most women is what's going on in their own mind all day long. Mm-hmm. And, and so when it comes to, you know, like a self-care, you know, we talk about so many people think self-care is like bubble baths and massages, right? Right. Which is ridiculous. So beyond that. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's really about prioritizing yourself, right? It's about saying no to things when you don't have the bandwidth. It's about never saying yes to somebody else. If it's a no for you. You know, it's about making sure that you take the time and the space for yourself. But it's just basically that you're giving a shit about yourself. (laughs) Totally. That's really what self-care is. And when it comes to stress, 
I think that learning to manage your own mind, breathing techniques, journaling, rewiring those neural pathways, because the same as you just said, hey, this behavior of pushing myself and only, you know, letting myself take a break is when I'm sick that you learn from your mom. Right. You know, most of what we do and how we carry on through life is all like our our subconscious programming, Right. right? Which we learn by the time we're seven years old. So, you know, it's really important that if things are not working for us, and this is why habits are so hard to change, right? Because you actually have to rewire everything. Totally. But if we have these habits and are not working for us, we actually have to start to, you know, start to recognize them, start to listen to our own stories. Like the mean girl in most people's head is working overtime. Yep. And that is a huge cause of stress, like how you view the world, how you view yourself. So that is a big part of the coaching that I do with my clients. And, you know, why when I get, you know, testimonials on Google or whatever, they'll say like, you're not really a nutritionist or you're not just a nutritionist. You know what I mean? Yep. Because it's so much more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think I've really started to... I've been doing those things for a long time. I feel like the sleep and the exercise and the nutrition, obviously for me, that's the easy part. The journaling, the breath work, and the meditation are things that I incorporate more and more with my clients. And usually it just starts with that, with breath work, because you know if you learn how to breathe deep and do proper belly breathing, yes, then you can actually take yourself out of that fight or flight, that sympathetic nervous system and into your rest and digest your parasympathetic nervous system multiple times through the day if you learn to put that in practice. And it literally is free and it takes like three minutes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because people think like, that's the thing too. Like how many people are like killing themselves trying to do self-care? Oh, I know. Right? Like, yep. If you don't have the time, you don't have the time, but there's so many things like that's part of self-care, making the time, saying no, not over scheduling yourself. And it's also like the breathing is, I think it was Andrew Wheel that said one of the things that would change the world is if people learned how to breathe properly. Oh, I love that. That's really good. Yeah. When I did my yoga teacher training, that was such an important area, obviously, that we focused on in in our teacher training was like really understanding how to breathe. And then when I was teaching classes, it was like, oh, I love this. So many people don't know how to breathe. And then on top of it, so many people are stuck at their desk and they're hunched over and they're like almost collapsing in on their lungs. So they're not truly opening up to breathe. And, And I feel like It's these strategies, and I say this so many times on the podcast, things like sleep and breathing and meditation, like they're free, they're easy, but because they're so easy, we just don't do them. Exactly. Yeah. Like we (laughs) we feel like, no, that that can't be possible. Like you got to go spend all this money or do all this stuff in order for it to like, you know, to invest in something to really work. And it's like, yeah, that can be part of it, but don't forget the foundational stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's so many things that you can do that are at your fingertips, right? People make a lot of excuses, but truly, you you know, there's so many things. There's always an action. And when you feel overwhelmed by anything, this is what I always tell my clients, anytime you feel overwhelmed, it's because you know you should be doing something, but you're not taking the action. Right. Right? And the only way out 
is through. Yes. So if you start taking an action, even when it seems really small, like that breathing, Mm -hmm. that can free up so much, you know, or even when I'm asking my clients to be aware of their programming, their subconscious and, you know, the stories that are going on in their head by being aware of that and becoming, I was actually just reading the other day. So basically meditation is just being aware of your thoughts, right? Right. So you can apply that at any time during the day and become the observer of your mind. Mm -hmm. And when you start to do that, you change things, right? You change those neural pathways. And that is how, you know, we start to have a more positive outlook on life because we can start to disagree with all that programming. Totally. And speaking of like subconscious programming, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. Do you listen to any of his like meditations or read any of his books? Totally. Yes. Totally. Love. Yes. Yes. That was totally from his book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. Well, that's where I like I learned about that through him. About if you think about the meditation part as being you just, you know, observing your mind. You know, so that's like where, you know, I heard that it's totally true because Mm -hmm. so many people say, well, you know, I can't calm my mind when I meditate. I'm always thinking about something else. I'm like, but that's okay because you're human and we all do that. Yeah. It's the process of learning to take yourself back to the present moment that does all the work. Like that's where the magic is. Totally. And like, it's the same for me. I'm not like, just because I meditate, and because I, you know, I'm a practitioner and all that stuff, like I'm perfect at it. It's the same thing for me. I meditate and my thoughts are wandering. I'm thinking about what to order on Amazon. Like I'm literally all over the place. And it's just this reminder of like, okay, bring it back to my breath, get present again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's how you that's how you change your thinking. That's how you make those new neuro pathways is just by constantly, you know, reminding yourself to be present and bring your mind back. So Right. I love it. And it's another free tip, everybody. So no excuses. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's called a practice, right? Yes. You're always practicing. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. All right. So you mentioned earlier intermittent fasting, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I know you and I were speaking about it last year. We were at the Dovetail Summit together and we were chatting about it. So I would love for you to share your thoughts on intermittent fasting. Oh my gosh, this is such a hot topic. I swear people want to like, you know, throw daggers at me when I start talking about it. (laughs) So here we go, people. So, you know, intermittent fasting can be, you know, great for the right person and depending on, you know, at the right time in their life. Mm -hmm. But for my clients, and so I'll tell you who it's not good for. So first of all, it works better for men than it does for women. Right. And there's a few reasons for that. One of them is that men have a lot more muscle mass. Right. And so if you're doing a lot of fasting, you know, you're going to be wasting some muscle. And for a lot of women, especially, you know, even 30s, like, we start losing muscle in our 30s. If you're not actively putting on that muscle, you're losing it every year. Right. And that's a huge problem when it comes to, I mean, obviously preventing osteoporosis, but from a metabolism perspective, and that's just, you know, so key for maintaining a healthy, lean, fit, strong body. 
So that's one of the reasons why statistically it, it does work better for men. For women, the other reason that I don't recommend it is that many years ago I realized, and I'm sure that you can talk about this as well, is that a lot of my clients, they did not have an eating disorder, but they absolutely have disordered eating. Right. So the relationship with food was really poor. And so I took extra certifications in eating disorders for nutritionists to be able to recognize that. And, you know, what I learned there was that restriction always leads to binging. And for most women, food is much more emotional than it is for men. Right. And so as soon as you tell somebody to restrict like that, Mm -hmm. I think that it really triggers women in a really bad way. Because if you don't have a great relationship with food as it is, restricting and intermittent fasting is not going to make it better. Totally agree. So on top of that, from that emotional perspective and women, the other thing is, is that if you are stressed, if you are already exhausted and you're already stressed and you're not sleeping, if you start doing intermittent fasting, you are only compounding the problem. Yes. You are only, you are pushing yourself, you know, further down that rabbit hole and, you know, that is your fast track to burnout. Mm-hmm. So, because you're just putting so much stress on the body, if when you are not eating. So again, if we come back to blood sugar, cortisol has to manage your blood sugar for you. So if you're already stressed and you're already relying on that too much, again, you are just, you know, burning that fire even hotter. (laughs) Totally. So it's just throwing you under the bus and any hormonal imbalances that you have, they are definitely going to be exasperated. Yeah. Exasperated. Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all good. I totally, I totally agree. And we've talked about it many times on the podcast too. And I'm so glad that we share the same views on it. And you know, I hear just so many women wanting to jump on like the next quote unquote diet bandwagon, and mm-hmm. intermittent fasting falls into that category. But then you already have these women who are in this adrenal depleted state, and it's like, no, this isn't going to serve you right now. So. Exactly. And like one of the things that I talk about in my book is carb cycling, you know, so if you are having like if you're at that point where you're having problems with your energy, you want to support your cortisol levels in the morning and in the afternoon, but you want to make sure that you were not keeping your cortisol levels high at night, right? And so by, you know, fasting or by having a really low carb diet, that is only going to support those higher cortisol levels. So in the evening is often, you know, when people are in that wired stage and then they can't sleep and that becomes this horrible cycle. So one of the things that I have them do that's kind of goes against the diet culture is to have their starchy carbohydrates with dinner, Yes. So when they have their starchy carbohydrates with dinner, then that helps to lower their cortisol levels so that, you know, obviously when cortisol has an inverse relationship with melatonin, and then if you can bring down those cortisol levels in the evening, then hopefully we can get your melatonin levels where they should be so that you can start sleeping properly because, you know, the only way truly of healing an HPA axis imbalance is by getting lots of rest. Yes. 
Yeah. Right. That's one of the big things. I mean, you know, obviously there's more to it than just sleep more clearly, but that's a huge pinnacle of it. If you can't get good solid sleep, there isn't a supplement or a diet plan that's going to help you. Right. Totally agree. And I can totally relate because especially these last few months of like, okay, writing the book and book edits and selling the condo and buying a house and all of this stuff. It's like, okay, my sleep was getting a little bit impacted and affected. And so I started to have like more sweet potato and plantain and things like that at my dinner meal. And it just something as simple as that, that made such a huge difference. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Like it's such a simple thing. And it's, it's one of those things because diet culture says, you know, don't eat any carbs after lunch or whatever. Totally. <laughs> yep. But that's just keeping you wired and your cortisol levels high in the evening, which is just, again, like just totally, you know, depleting you even further because you can't get enough rest. Absolutely. And I think it's important for, you know, the women listening to recognize too that everything is just in this ebb and flow that's what's working for me right now because that's given my schedule and routine right now. But that will probably change in the next few months as I'm settled into my house and I'm a little bit more organized and I don't have book edits and all the stuff on my plate. And then then I'll ebb and flow into something else. So it's, it's like allowing yourself to just be okay with these changes that happen and honoring your body and your health where you're currently at. Oh my God. That's the most important thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. all it really comes down to is how do you feel? Totally. Totally. So, you know, it's crazy how people will take on the hottest diet fad and they feel horrible, Yes, but they keep doing it. Right. (laughs) Clearly it's not working for you. You know, like again, you know, I had a girlfriend and it wasn't because she was stressed, but it was simply because she went on this ultra low carb diet. And for her, she stopped sleeping. Like she was just so wired at night, she couldn't sleep. So that's a sign to you that you need to pivot. You just need to change something. Yeah, absolutely. Versus giving up altogether, like just make a tweak. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's, you know, times in my life where the same as you, whereas I, I might be having more starchy carbs at night or I might not. And oftentimes for me, that changes with the day. Like I don't have a set rule right now because I'm feeling good and things are good and I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm really just paying attention to my body. If I had a really hard workout today, I might eat more just naturally. And if I don't work out that day, I might not be as hungry. And so maybe I'll eat a little bit less. And that's just kind of the ebb and flow and listening to my body's innate wisdom and what works for me. Totally. I love that. So tell us more about your book, Empowered by Food. Yeah. So my book is written like a conversation and kind of like me as your cheerleader. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm, I love that. Yeah. I didn't want the book to be, you know, in the beginning, I even say like, this is not like a nutrition textbook, right? Yes. There are obviously some studies cited and stuff like that, but I tried to keep a lot of that to a minimum Mm -hmm. because I really wanted it to be something for that stressed out entrepreneur or professional woman who is just feeling overwhelmed by life generally and is kind of like on the verge of giving up. Because really what happens, what I saw happening in my law career and what I know happens in finance and accounting, for example, when it comes to the corporate world, there's so many more women going into those fields, but it's like a triangle. There are like a huge cohort at the bottom. And then by the time you get up to those top positions, there's very few women left. 
Right. And so part of the idea for this, you know, I had I had a client who was one of the top personnel at one of the law firms. And she ended up bringing me in to coach one of their lawyers because they were afraid of losing them. And so in that process, it was basically they had this brilliant young lawyer and she was just burning herself into the ground. Right. And she wanted to make partner and they wanted her to be partner. But she was at the point where she was, you know, going to have a breakdown. For sure. And felt like there's no way that I can have a life, that I can get married, have a family, do anything other than this. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to get to women, you know, whether they're in that stage or before that, and help them to realize that once they start, you know, putting these principles in self-care, and I talk about things on that higher level, like these are the easy things that you can do right now. The same as what you and I have been talking about, the things that are free, the things that are not that complicated, not complicated supplement protocols or anything like that. Right. But really the things that they can do on their own and giving them permission to take a step back and take care of themselves. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's that's really what it's about. And there's probably one of the biggest chapters is on mindset. Because like I said, one of the biggest, biggest problems is kind of what goes on in our own head. We talk to ourselves more than we hear or talk to anybody, right? Right. And so that voice in your head, and if it's telling you that the world is a safe place or that you're enough or that you're loved or that you're safe, like that is so, so important. And it's something that we all have to work on. And I'm sure... When you're in this holistic practice, you're always kind of like self-growth is just part of the job, right? Totally. Yes. So we're used to doing that. And, you know, it's been many, many years, but I can't tell you, it's absolutely changed my entire life. And it doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly, right? but you can totally change all of that, those negative belief systems. And it's a massive weight off of your shoulders. Totally. Well, I love that. And I can't wait to get my hands on the book. Thank you. When is it officially available? It is going to be launched on June 6th. Wonderful. 2019. So mm-hmm. we are coming up to that fast and furiously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, of course, nervous for me and terribly exciting. Yes. All of the things. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to have the pre-sale link all set up. So we have a lot of fun things coming up in connection with that launch. And yeah, I just, you know, my mission is just to help support more women in the world. And like, damn, we have to close this wage gap. And if women don't start taking better care of themselves, we just don't have a hope in hell. So this is my mission. Amazing. I love it. Well, thanks so much for sharing your message and being with us today. Where can our audience connect with you? You can connect with me on Instagram at Kirafoy Nutrition, also on Facebook at Kirafoy Nutrition and Kirafoy.com, C-I-A-R-A-F-O-Y.com. Amazing. Well, we will be sure to put all of the links in our show notes and I'm super excited for you and really proud of all the hard work that you do. So thank you. Thanks so much, Sam, for having me on. It's so amazing to have, you know, 
inspirational colleagues that I get to call friends and we're so supportive of each other. And my gosh, I just, I love that. Absolutely. I love it. It's so good. It warms, it warms my heart. And I cannot wait for your book oh, because thanks. I'm going to have all my clients go out and use all your recipes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. I love that. Yes. Yes. Because they're so amazing. And I, I have very few recipes that I've created. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Yeah. That's all good. I love it. Yes. They will definitely help support your clients from a stress perspective for sure. So awesome. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much, Sam. Have an awesome day. Thanks for having me. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, ladies. I hope you really enjoyed that episode with Kira Foy. Be sure to head on over to her website, kirafoy.com and follow her over on Instagram and Facebook. We have all of the links to our show notes over on the website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 59. And head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash spring detox to dive into our detox program. It is open for registration tomorrow, May 1st. Can't wait for it. It's really going to be amazing. And if you guys have any questions regarding today's episode, don't hesitate to connect with Kira and myself over on Instagram. You can always ask us questions over there. And if there's something you want us to expand on, or if you have topics for future episodes, let me know. I always love hearing from you guys. You can find me on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And I'm about to go do some home decorating and get organized. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Again, the link to today's show notes is holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 59. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll connect with you guys over on Instagram. Let's continue the conversation there. Take care and chat with you next week. Oh.